1: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back inside another edition of the Locked On NFL Draft podcast. I am your host, John Ledyard, alongside Trevor Sikkema. Not physically alongside, but in spirit and in every other way, we are alongside <laughs> uh, for this Monday edition of the Locked On NFL Draft, which is brought to you by mybookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. Use the promo code LOCKEDON at mybookie.ag. Dot a G Trevor. We've got to talk about rookies, rookies from week two in the NFL. That's why we're here. And the performances that they put forth most notably the quarterbacks, right? Deshaun Watson Thursday night. We didn't get to talk about it a whole lot. We touched on it a tiny bit. Definitely not good, but <laughs> he makes plays with his legs. Um, you know, he gets some things done. He looked uncomfortable. There were some times where he settled in, um, ultimately found a way to beat a good defense uh, and get a victory. But at the same time, uh, he didn't look necessarily like, you know, Oh, QB one, you know? <laughs> so I think we had to pump the brakes. Well, I mean, like, we would love to say he did, but.
0: He, he, I mean, he came in in a bad Texans offense, right? I mean, right. it's, and we, we talked about this last week. Well, why do you, why would you play Deshaun Watson instead of Tom Savage? Well, the reason is because if your offensive line can't hold a pocket, then at least you have somebody who's mobile, who gives you a chance to extend plays and um, kind of just work on the run and improvise a little bit. You have somebody better who's I get, you know gives you a chance to then move the ball if you can't form a pocket from the offensive line. So, I mean, that was all still true, and that's why I think the Texans ended up scoring enough points to win the game. Right. But that doesn't make the Texans' offense any better. You know what I'm saying? Like, so he is still kind of who he is. He's still a rookie in the NFL. He's a rookie quarterback. He's just turned 22 years old. So, I mean, really, it's no surprise, right? He was more mobile. The Texans were able to do a little bit more than they were with Tom Savage. But, I mean, the offense still is what it is. You know, he can't be a – He's not Jesus turning water to wine over here, so.
1: Oh, he isn't. Uh, I, I thought.
0: I, I well, I, th- I mean, if I you did that think happened. that, then uh, okay, allow me to correct you here. So, <laughs> uh, Deshaun Watson, not Jesus, actually, but close. So that's uh sure, um, <laughs> as as close as the rest of us are. Uh, maybe a little bit closer since he's more talented. Well, he's yeah, he's QB um, one, so. Sure, uh, but yeah, that was that's. I mean, that's the thing with Deshaun Watson. So. Little, I mean, it's, it's rough watching him if you have the Clemson-Deshaun Watson mindset, right? Like, mm-hmm. it, it was so much fun to watch him at, at Clemson. He even had a couple of accuracy uh, games here and there where you just kind of question what he could do. But, like, that stuff just doesn't go away magically in the NFL. It takes plenty of time. It's, it even takes more time. There's certainly a learning curve there. And so, yes, was his mobility something that... Gave the Texans the win Absolutely was I mean he scored on a What was it A 50 yard rushing touchdown You know just by himself yeah. So I mean that 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 was li- That was literally The X factor That gave them the win But It's not going to Miracle work That Texans right. offense <clears> period, Moving forward Yeah yeah
1: Yeah I mean Deshaun Kaiser Was even worse uh, This past week um, He threw Three interceptions I didn't get to see him So Fumbled the football Yeah he was he was rough It was rough I mean Baltimore might have The best defense in the league Right now anyway um, we'll see how the, you know, they haven't really played anybody super tough at this point, um, just since he and Cleveland. So we'll see how things progress moving forward. But, I mean, obviously they were going to cause it, some issues for him, but he actually got – he left the game with a migraine, and you know, we didn't know if he'd return. And then he ended up returning, and I think he threw okay, two more okay, picks. Okay, hold on. Time
0: out here. Time out here. If you are in the middle of a football game and you leave because of a migraine, is that not a concussion? Like yeah, who, who, I like, was like, confused who, about
1: that too. Like <laughs> who are we
0: who are we fooling here? You're in a football game, you're good enough to play, you get hit a couple times, then all of a sudden you have a massive headache.
1: Yeah. Like, I don't get it.
0: I... Unless unless he said to the coach before the game, Coach, like, I have a splitting headache. And mm-hmm. took like eight Advil or something which I didn't read that anywhere, so I don't know, maybe that is true, but I'm not sure I didn't see Because when either. I read that, like, oh, he left the game because of a migraine. I was like, right. so he left the game because of a concussion or
1: or because something happened and I mean, you would have to at least test for that and if he's having head I don't know we're, we're not doctors, so I guess why well, but yeah, so, I mean you are obviously but um I went online
0: <laughs> and did like a thirty minute thing web MD like, yeah, so. Um, Yeah, actually, if you could refer to me as doctor exclusively, that'd be great, man. Doctor I'm just trying to get the the respect I
1: deserve. Dr. Sigma thinks Kaiser should not have been allowed back into the game based on his expert medical opinion. Um, I'm more concerned with what he did when he went back into the game, which was, I think, through two more picks. And he really struggled. A, nothing is happening quickly in the pocket for Kaiser from a processing standpoint. This is why we said pre-draft that he wasn't ready to play in the NFL because here's what happens. You get into a game, you don't process quick enough to make decisions, and, and Watson has struggled in this way as well. Um, and bad habits and bad things start to happen. You start to either rush throws or throw into coverage or start throwing under pressure because you know, okay, I waited this long and I got hit before. I waited this long and I got hit. I'm going to get hit again. I just got to get the ball out of my hand, and then you start making bad decisions, and then the mechanics start to fall out, fall apart, and you get in the, in the and uh, you get a little bit happy feet in the pocket. Um, and the, this is how that things decline a little bit and your, your throwing motion and all that stuff, which was already a little bit unstable for Kaiser, can go downhill. And so I'm not saying Cleveland shouldn't play Kaiser. I'm just saying the, this is the reason why we said pre-draft Kaiser, You know, when you talk about guys that can play and not play right away, he can play right away. But you're going to want a good, stable environment around. You're going to want him to be at a level where he can process these things quicker mentally before he's in there because – he's going to have issues if he doesn't. Um, and things could get uglier for him if he doesn't. And so that's why I think Cleveland's in kind of a, because he's clearly the most talented quarterback on the roster and there's no good competition anywhere else on the roster. So not starting him seems really silly in a way,
0: yeah, but yeah, they're yeah. going
1: to have to design a better game plan around. I know that he, they want to take advantage of his, of his ability to go down the field, but him processing those vertical longer developing routes, it's just not working out right now.
0: Is it Trubisky time? <laughs>
1: Oh, it's Trubisky time. Come on. You saw it up close, right? Glennon's a train so, wreck.
0: So here, I mean, here's the, here's the thing. And I went on a, a Bears, you know, a couple of Bears podcasts. and was talking with Bears people uh, last week about just giving a preview for the game and everything. And what I said is that Mike Glennon is who he is. And that's why I predicted this. I predicted that game to be a blowout. I mean, the Bucks dominated it a little bit more than I even thought they would. But I predicted that game to be a blowout because one, yeah, did I that. knew, I knew they weren't going to put Trubisky in. A hundred percent, they're not going to put Trubisky in. Mm. They voted, the coaches made Mike Glennon a captain of the team for the entire year. Okay, that 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 to me tells me that the earliest they're going to pull him is Week Four. Week Four, they'll make the change. I think because I, I don't think Glennon is going to do that much better either week. So, therefore, if you're going to make the change, you're going to make it them. But you're not going to pull him because the only time that you could have pulled him is going into the second half, right? And going into the second half, the Bucks were already up 26 to nothing. You're not winning that game, and you're not pulling Glennon three halves into the first season sure. when you just elected him a captain like a month ago. Okay, That's just not going to happen.
1: Maybe so, they just elected the guy with the longest neck a captain, and it happened to be Glennon. <laughs>
0: Yes. did you see the? did you see the tweet of the guy who like post a picture of glennon at the podium and was just like yes this is this is the ideal male body it might not be what you think it is but it's peach or something like Glenn that is and the, i was,
1: Glenn is the i don't it, I, I i shouldn't make fun of anyone's appearance because it, it comes off as is you know untoward but man he is just a character He's, just, he's watch, a goofy looking dude he got his helmet knocked off at of the one point he threw a pick or something and he was like on the sideline like he was so mad at it. like his whole face was red and he he looks like one of those veggie tail characters like <laughs> i can't describe him that's too good funny for me that's a good comparison you know his head looks like you know larry the cucumber's body only red or something jesus okay <laughs> so stop ripping on glennon <laughs> poor guy. glennon's
0: a super nice guy shout yeah, out like really glennon. nice guy um But yeah, no. So I mean, I'm watching the Bucks game, and the whole time I'm just thinking to myself, uh, "This is exactly who Glennon is. This is exactly who we thought he was. He's the same guy that he was in the Bucks, and that is, and that is a guy who you can clearly pinpoint his ceiling. And if at any point that you can pinpoint a quarterback ceiling, the defense, basic, you know, unless we're talking like Aaron Rodgers ceiling, you know, we're talking we're talking like mere mortals, then you know how to manipulate them once you know that what they can and can't do. And Glennon can't be this guy, or he's just not this guy that plays well at a structure or does things on the fly or, you know, in structure he can do fine. The first two drives for Chicago, they did totally fine. Minus the pick that he threw against uh, Taquan Alexander. In Minus that. <laughs> right, right, But But he took the team. Down into the red zone Or almost like right outside the red zone Because he knew how to manipulate the Bucks defense You know, he was throwing uh, Against the soft coverage He knew where to go on each route He was attacking the slot like you should against the Buccaneers And Glendon was perfectly fine Operating within a game plan like that But when stuff started to go off the rails When the Bucks realized what was going on And started to clamp down on the easy throws Just get a little bit more aggressive in their coverage In the slot uh, They were containing three Cohen well all game Glennon can't – he just do, he just doesn't have the ability to play outside of it. So all of that circling back to is it Trubisky time? Yes, I think it is. But it's not going to happen, I don't even think, next week. I think the earliest that we see him is week four and five. And I think that's when you're probably going to make the change because, you know, let's face it. No matter how much money they paid Mike Glennon, you don't draft a quarterback – as high as the bears do if you don't think that he's going to be the future especially when so, the, the staff
1: is going to get fired i mean right you're going, you're going so, to get fired
0: like unless unless theory,
1: trubisky comes out and is like a god they're going to get fired
0: sure in theory
1: eventually they're going give, to have to play that card
0: you give trubisky this red shirt year right because first year starting at unc you yeah. get to tell you you get to tell yourself oh we drafted this high potential quarterback and we're going to give them the whole year to just sit and learn. It doesn't work like that, okay? Coaches have to win every single week or they get fired. So they're not just going to sit back and let, like, the greater good for the Chicago Bears prevail and redshirt Trubisky all year. That's not going to happen. I think Trubisky's going to come in at some point. I didn't think it was going to be before week four, but it might be the latest he might come in is week seven. You know what I'm saying? So within that window, they're going to play him. Whether he's ready or not, what whatever you want to say, his ceiling is quite simply just higher than Glennon's is. And if John Fox and any of these dudes want to keep their job, like you said, Glennon's going to get out of the game and they're going to put your Trubisky in. So that's my thoughts there. I don't see it coming next week, but it could very well come in week four or five.
1: Yeah, I tend to, I tend to agree with you on the timing of it, uh, whether it should be the case or not. Um, ever since we started this podcast, people always ask for advice when they hear we do a podcast. Often it's what team to bet on. Our friends are all into it and they say you got Patriots or Steelers, Chicago or Detroit. Uh, Well, let me tell you this, where you're betting at is just as important as who you're betting on. So that's why I always tell people to go to mybookie.ag. MyBookie has been in this business for years and their rep is rock solid. They do 100% catch bonuses. So off the bat, you're making money for doing nothing. And they have the fastest payouts. Seriously, just two business days. You know who's going to win, right? So lay down some cash and win big today. I would only recommend a service to my listeners. that has been good to us uh, and the people that we know. And that's why we're urging you to make your way to MyBookie. You win. They pay. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business, and an all-new mobile site that makes wagering on the go a breeze. If you haven't checked that out, all-new mobile site, really cool, really well organized and structured. Here's what you got to do. Join now, and MyBookie will match your deposit with up to a 100% bonus. Use the promo code Locked On, just Locked On, to activate offer. No spaces no anything. Just Locked On. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Good stuff from mybookie as always. Trevor, we talked about the quarterbacks, but we have the the running back class has been. as disappointing in some ways. As the quarterback's class has been. Maybe that's a harsh word to say, but we haven't seen much from any of these guys to get really excited about yet. But the running back class has been impressive, right? I mean. Kareem Hunt looks like the best back in the class, and Dalvin Cook has, has had re, two really pretty strong performances, averaging 5.6 yards per carry right now. And Leonard Fournette has been a pretty solid ball carrier in Jacksonville. I mean, there hasn't been nearly as much space to work with. Had 100 yards in his first game, was bottled up against Tennessee, but only averaging 3.5 yards per carry. But I still think there's better things to come there. Tariq Cohen has flashed. Christian McCaffrey has flashed. There's been some good things from some of these backs. Alvin
0: Kamara is the best running back on the Saints, even though they're overpaying two other dudes. Yeah, totally.
1: <laughs> Alvin Kamara, I, I would tend to agree with you, although he hasn't had the opportunity to do very much. But
0: Alvin Kamara um, is literally the perfect New Orleans Saints running back.
1: Listen, I said that when he was drafted, but you said that the Saints shouldn't have drafted another running back because they already had two.
0: Well, I mean, I was wrong. If that was what I said there, because Alvin Kamara is the perfect Saints running back. And yet now he they is. are now here they are playing these other because the perfect guys. Saints
1: running back actually just has to be a receiver.
0: <laughs> That's yeah, basically. I mean, like, I think Mark Ingram is a fine Saints running back. But, sure. like, you know, he's getting up there in age and you have Kamara just like just give Kamara the rock, man. Come on. Yep. But yeah. I, you know, I understand that they can't now because they backed themselves into a corner by signing. Adrian Peterson. So now it's like, okay, well, now that we have Adrian Peterson on the team, now we have to go to like a more balanced rushing attack as opposed to predominantly from like the shotgun or something like that. So the Saints are stupid, man. <laughs> like, I don't, I'm sorry. If if you're a Saints fan, I'm sorry. I don't mean to upset you, but like, Your team's Sean done. Payton, and I think Sean Payton, I think Sean Payton could, like, has been a brilliant mind before, okay? Right. Like, the dude's got a Super Bowl, obviously, but the Saints feel like they have to outthink everyone free on offense and defense every time and it's just like yo you have drew Brees, like you have all these weapons like you can you can just kind of do your thing and you will put you'll be okay you know stop trying to outthink yourself and this yeah. the saints are going to outthink themselves to a six and ten record man and they might be they might be the last team in the nfc south i don't know i mean if it, if it the looks that way right Sanders now there's playing if they keep if the Carolina Panthers keep playing cupcakes all season, then they're going to finish ahead of the Saints. Yeah, but, geez. Um,
1: Panthers yeah, are like they played tripping the, trying the Panthers, to beat the Bills. The,
0: the Panthers' defense is averaging giving up three points a game because they've played the Niners and the.
1: That's not a bad way to start. <laughs> playing the Niners and the Bills. How, how absurd is what Kareem Hunt's doing, though? I mean.
0: Dude, it's crazy, man. I mean.
1: He's averaging 7.6 yards per carry.
0: We watched him at Toledo, so it's not that big of a surprise. But, I mean, anytime you're a rookie and you're doing this in your first and second game, I don't care what position you play. Like, that's damn impressive, man. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're pick number one
1: overall. And how weird is it that, because even, even, I mean, everybody pretty much liked Kareem Hunt. Like, they were like perfect day two back. Like he can be a change yeah. of pace guy. He can carry load when he needs to. But he's but the, always the thing was he's never going to be an explosive big play guy. He has two plays of forty plus yards, two plays of twenty plus yards so far this season, and that's just rush. I mean, and receiving he's made a big play too against New England, and you know I mean. It's weird because he ran, like, what, a four seven or something? I mean, he was slow, and <laughs> he looked slow. You know, he's explosive, short distances, but long speed is clearly not there yet. He's been able to run away from guys. I don't expect that part to continue. I I don't know that he will be able to run away from people for big plays vertically all all year long because he just isn't that fast. But I don't care because he's doing so many good things in the line of scrimmage with the vision and balance through contact and breaking tackles and, you know... I, I always thought he had great balance, but I didn't think he had the explosive traits to really always take advantage of it. But yeah. it's hard to argue with what he's done so far, man. His vision's superb. He's just a very technically sound back and he's built um I don't know. Maybe we were perfect was, perfect
0: day 2 back. I don't it's know. It's
1: always I mean, like, Yes, he he is perfect day 2 back that maybe should have been a day 1 back. We'll see. We'll see. We're we're very early. I don't want to I don't want to get ahead of ourselves too much, but it's just it's always kind of like weird when because everybody will be like oh I, like i love kareem hunt like because he was pretty well liked i think universally by by draft pundits sure. but sure. what happens if if kareem hunt goes for like 1500 yards and leads the league in rushing this year now i'm, I'm probably hypothetical here obviously you know he is leading i think he's leading no right you now.
0: just called it it's fine i'll call <laughs> you out for it he's
1: averaging 7.6 yards per carry though and he just played new england and the eagles those are two pretty, pretty freaking ridiculous. good That's fronts so I You know, I feel good about where he's headed this season, especially given the fact that Andy Reid loves to use the running running back position, loves to run the football, will also get him a lot of touches. I mean, it's not outside the realm of possibility to talk about this guy having an absolute monster season in that offense if he stays healthy. Then are, were we, even though everybody liked him, when we were like late second, early third round on him, for the most part, feel like the general consensus. we we too low on him? You know what I mean? It's like, no, no. <laughs> It's no. funny how that works though because he's a guy that almost everybody likes and everybody will say, "Oh, I love Kareem Hunt coming out." But guess what? Like he's outproducing where you had him graded significantly. So, right. What's that right. say?
0: I I mean, it's it, it's I hate to like cut the legs out of a draft podcast that I'm on, but like so like you just talked about him fitting with Andy Reid and the Chiefs and the philosophy and everything like that. Kareem Hunt's still doing all these things. I'm not trying to take away from him. Sure. But sure. Fit means so much Fit about you know, like, right. where you where you get drafted. You know what I'm saying? And so like, but I mean like, think of think of the players that got drafted above Kareem Hunt. They're higher potential players. It's the players that you take the risk on. You know, like we saw at the combine and everything. And like you like you opened, started talking about Kareem. You said you know he's just. I don't expect for him to you know run away from these guys forever because he's just not that fast or he didn't show that speed. Well, you pick the guys in <laughs> front of him that are faster, that do have that speed, that you, you, you that you hope put it all together like Kareem did and that Kareem is doing, but just have a higher ceiling athletically. And so that's why, you know, when everybody... Kareem Hunt is a... And not to say he had a bad combine. I don't mean to say that, but, like, Kareem well, Hunt's going to be but he evidence did. for people. <laughs> that, I mean, he's going to be evidence for people to be like, see, the combine doesn't matter. It's all just about real football. And, like, I get it, man, but you still have to, like... Better athletes win games. Like, that's just the thing. Like, sure, you have to coach people correctly and coaching and fit and how you use them and chemistry and everything. That all goes into the game of football. But at the end of the day, you always want to try to get as much of an edge as you can over the other team. And a lot of times that comes athletically. So that's why you put these guys ahead of Kareem Hunt. And that's why when Kareem Hunt does really well in the NFL and you go, yeah, I love them, this ain't that surprising – you can just you've just got to you've got to be happy about where he went more than just saying missed on him or something, right. you know?
1: Yeah, I mean I think fit has a lot to do with it. I do think, you know, I, I think Kareem Hunt would have done well in a number of different spots, but um, I do think his fit. I mean, obviously Kansas City's got a, a good offensive line and great balance to what they do offensively. Lots of different formations, one of the better offensive minds, and he's getting tons of opportunities to contribute as a receiver. That's probably actually the most the, the most humorous aspect of all of this um he is the second leading rookie receiver right now any position uh he's like eight yards behind gerald everett <laughs> the tight end who the rams took uh in the second round who i thought was overdrafted and still might have been but anyway he has four catches for 134 yards so he's off to a pretty decent start big plays down the field um this has been an incredibly quiet first two weeks for the rookie class right i mean for the rookie wide receiver class i mean they're there's, like, nothing happening for them. I mean, Corey Davis had, obviously, the, I think he only had one catch for, like, four yards this week. He barely even, barely even saw the, any targets. Um, Tennessee was trying to run the ball pretty heavily. But, I mean, the, the, the top three rookies that are leading in receiving right now, Tariq Cohen has 16 catches for 102 yards. Christian McCaffrey has nine for 72. Kareemah has eight for 126. It's three running backs at the top. Corey Davis has the most receptions for any wide receiver so far. He's actually tied with Cooper Cup seven a piece. And and that's pretty much how, it sh- how it's shook out so far. I mean, there's just not a lot of rookie wide receivers doing anything. Two weeks in, you know, we'll see what happens uh, as we move forward. But it's been a quiet start for those guys. Even guys like George Kittle and Alvin Kamara, they both have seven catches. Um, you know, Dalvin Cook, even if you look at the top guys who have receptions, I mean, there's like two receivers in there among the top ten, and it's it's Corey Davis and it's Cooper Cup. And even those two haven't done much. So, it is interesting there's just hasn't been a big major contribution from any of these rookies yet even tight ends in the passing game gerald everett's had a couple big plays and you know joku caught in a really nice touchdown yesterday twenty twenty-three 23 yarder i think and um so there's been a couple things here and there but it's been nothing really to hang your hat on yet evan engram plays his second game tonight uh kenny galladay flashed in week one he also plays tonight so those will be two guys to keep an eye on but yeah it's been a quiet start for the receivers yeah,
0: and, I, you know, it's just kind of how it goes. You know, like, even...
1: Some of them you know, are in bad offenses, too.
0: But even the wide receivers at the top, like, in the top of the NFL, okay? You know, take Julio Jones and, and Antonio Brown, or Antonio Brown and, like, even Odell Beckham. Like, take those guys out. Even Mike Evans has, like, some off games. Des Bryant has off games. I think that's just mm-hmm. the nature of the wide receiver position. That's just kind of how it goes. go. Like, sometimes... sometimes you are just not connected and right. I don't think that I don't think that has to do with like a of of uh, of the wide receiver class early on that's just kind of how it goes you know like we saw Kenny Galladay uh, in week one just absolutely go off because guess what you know he was a rookie he was open the ball came his way and he made the most of it you know he, he got open caught the ball that's what it takes to be a wide receiver so yeah. and uh, obviously a lot more goes into that I didn't mean to simplify it that much. But But, that's kind of just that's that that, that's the way that it goes. Sometimes the ball comes your way, sometimes it doesn't, and and none of these rookies are really in positions to where they're going to be the focal point of an offense to get force fed the ball or force fed all kinds of targets and things like. Like even OJ Howard, man. OJ Howard is still, he is going to finish with less stats than you think that he is going to. Not, I
1: don't think he's going to finish with great stats. So that, yeah.
0: Okay, so, so I mean. Everybody kept telling I, I said during the offseason when a lot of even famous football people asked me, they're like, hey, like, what do, what do we do with Cam Brady and OJ Howard? And I was like, you draft Cam Brady ahead of OJ Howard? Like, that's e- uh, easy. Yeah. And, and people kept telling me, they're like, no, I'm going to bet on the guy with the higher athletic ceiling. Like, look at all these things that OJ Howard's better than him at. And I was just like, okay, you can draft him. So that's fine with me. But, you know, I just oj is in an offense where he is he's a phenomenal blocking tight end so he's going to be on the field plenty but he's the second fiddle receiving tight end that's just the way that it is and that yep. doesn't mean he's any less that doesn't mean that he is any less of a prospect or any less good as a rookie but it's just the way that it is this year so mm-hmm. i think receiving is a little it's a little bit tricky to gauge to kind of gauge early on you know what certainly I'm
1: after two games yeah no question yeah yeah we got it before we wrap up the show Your boy Malik Cooker got a pick. Have you watched it yet?
0: I have not been able to see it.
1: Neither have I. But I'm sure it was amazing.
0: Three or four people tweeted at me, and I just started hyperventilating. So um.
1: (laughs) all three of the Ohio State guys have played really well. Marshawn Lattimore's played really well through two games, even though the rest of the Saints have been a train wreck. He's been really good. Garyon Conley was good in his first. uh, I think it was first real action uh, for Oakland this past this uh, yesterday. Um, He played really, really well. And then Hooker, uh, go get in the pick at least. I haven't seen much more of him than that, but I think he got the start as well. So uh, good things in store for that trio. I'm excited to continue to scout them moving forward. Um, Let's see. um, This edition of Locked On NFL Draft was brought to you by MyBookie.ag. Get into all the action with MyBookie.com where they will match your deposit up to 100% bonus Use the promo code locked on. Use it, folks. Trust me. Use it on my bookie this week. Get yourself some some cheese. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. We got to talk college football. We got a lot that happened this past yep. weekend to go back and review Lamar Jackson's performance. A lot of other things. I know it feels like those games happened forever ago, but it was just a couple days ago. So we're gonna come back and review those. Talk about where the class kind of sits after a couple weeks in college football um, and what we have to kind of look forward to the rest of the week. We'll touch back on rookies that we're excited to watch uh we'll see trubisky watches on we'll see if any changes are made there we both don't think that they will be this week they play the pittsburgh Steelers this week so maybe if trubisky's inserted into the game i'll be able to get a, a first-hand look at uh at what he brings to the table so um but we'll have all that and more coming up and then fan friday and all kinds of good stuff and we'll, we'll just you know we'll keep it 100 like we always do so uh make sure you keep it locked right here unlocked locked on nfl draft now but no.